Welcome back as I reflect on probably my favorite win of the year for the Brooklyn Nets. This is an instant reaction game ending like 10 minutes ago. Nets beat the Raptors 131-129 in overtime. The Nets were without seven guys tonight. There was a point about 45 minutes before the game started where I didn't think this game was going to happen because the Nets were without Aldridge and Javon Carter and like three other guys, Millsap and two other guys. And then it came out like 45 minutes before the game that James Harden and Bruce Brown were in the COVID protocol. So they were out and the Nets were down to seven players. And then Kevin Durant was announced that he was playing. So the Nets had eight players, which is the minimum. You need eight players minimum to play an NBA game. The Nets had eight and they found a way somehow, some way, even when I thought this game was over in the end of the third quarter, I really thought it was over to somehow come back and win this game. It's honestly my favorite win of the year. I know the Nets have not beaten any elite teams this year, but this has to be my favorite win of the year because of the circumstances and the the hand the Nets were dealt in this game because of the COVID stuff and not having half their team. Um, the way they fought back and battled in this game, they easily could have gave up in the fourth quarter, easily. This game was pretty much over. It was like a nine-point lead for the Raptors at one point. The Nets had no offense going whatsoever. Their defense was terrible in the third quarter. The, the third quarter for the Nets was the worst Nets defensive quarter i probably have ever seen. They were outscored 44-25 in the third quarter. The the Raptors had guys running wide open to the basket and all the young guys, the Nets had like four guys that were 20 years old on the floor and nobody knew what the hell was going on. But once again, somehow, some way, the fourth quarter starts, they come back, they chip it to like a five-point lead, a three-point lead, they finally come back. Patty Mills has a great quarter. Kevin Durant, of course, has a great quarter. Gets a triple-double, the 14th of his career. I mean, oh my gosh, so much happened tonight. And the craziest part is that Cam Thomas didn't even have a good game. He was 2 of 10 tonight. <laughs> like, you, you would expect if the Nets were going to win this game tonight that Cam Thomas was going to be a big part of the scoring, but that wasn't even the case. The Nets' main scoring, of course, came from Durant, who had 34. They got 30 out of Patty Mills, his season high. That was great. He missed that last foul shot, and I really thought coming down the floor... That that guy, I don't know his name. I should know it because I'm an NBA casual. Um, Scotty Barnes should have. He probably like he was close to making that half court shot for the win. Like if he took a little off it, I think the Raptors probably win that game. But it, he was just a bit too strong with that shot. But um, the Nets got scoring from KD. They got scoring from, as I mentioned, Patty Mills. David Duke gave him 10 points. Nick Claxton, 16. Nick Claxton was awesome. We didn't see him much in the fourth quarter and overtime, except for like the last overtime possession where. Um, Fred Van Vliet shoots this freaking shot that pretty much hit the top of the arena, probably hit some of the banners, and somehow went in. I mean, Patty Mills is just, not Patty Mills, Fred Van Vliet um, with a crazy shot there. But yeah, Nick Claxton, the first half especially, was awesome. So many offensive boards and second chance points that were in the Nets' favor because of Nick Claxton. We saw a big game from Blake Griffin, 26 minutes, and he made a three-point shot. I think he made two, right? Yeah, Blake Griffin was two of four from three, and he couldn't make a three-pointer to save his life the first half of the year when he was in the starting lineup. And I hate to see it, but Kevin Durant played 48 minutes. I don't want to see that in December, but we got it. Obviously, weird circumstances without Harden, without Kyrie still, without Joe Harris, without seven guys once again. 
Weird circumstances, but, you know, KD was not efficient, 12 of 29, but he was the reason they won the game, let's be honest. He had a lot of great passes, a lot of good rebounds in this game as well. There were a lot of times Kevin Durant would get double teamed and kick it out to, you know, a wide-open Kessler Edwards, a wide-open David Duke. I know Duke didn't make any three-point shots, I believe, but Kessler Edwards, my goodness, Kessler Edwards played 44 freaking minutes tonight. He was 3 of 6 from 3, 7 of 12 from the field, 17 points, 2 steals, 10 rebounds. I mean, Kessler Edwards, I think, was a second-round pick out of, like, Pepperdine, whatever the hell that is. I don't know. But he was awesome tonight. I mean, I did not expect much from the kid. He has not played much this year, but... Kessler Edwards always gave us like glimpses of hope in garbage time, but this was the first time we saw Kessler Edwards play like real minutes in a real game. And 44 minutes, I mean, crazy. We saw Dayron Sharp play for a little bit, and I love the fact that Dayron Sharp got the last laugh over Chris Boucher, Boucher, however you pronounce it. I mean, that guy was in Dayron Sharp's face screaming after a play he made. And of course, you know, he got a technical for it. Thanks for the extra point, Boucher. I appreciate that. But um, very unnecessary on his part. But he got the T, and Dayron Sharp got the last left. So I like seeing that. But Sharp definitely gave the Nets some pretty good minutes for the most part. Seven rebounds, a lot of extra chance points. He had four offensive rebounds, which of course is big for any game. So, you know, Dayron Sharp definitely had some flaws in his game and all that. We get that. It wasn't perfect from him, but he definitely helped the Nets win this game tonight with the offensive rebounding. And Blake Griffin, I got to give him credit. I mean, Blake Griffin's a guy that started the first, I don't know, 15 games or so was really underwhelming. Then the Nets gave him some DMPs. He was not playing. He has played a bit more recently because of injuries and things like that. But tonight, of course, with only eight guys active, he had to play a lot of minutes tonight. But I give Blake Griffin credit for just being ready, making his shots for once. He got some key rebounds. He was definitely big on the pick and rolls because a lot of times they were blitzing Kevin Durant and they would have to just dump it down to Blake Griffin at the foul line and Blake Griffin would have to make a decision of go up with the, uh, go up with the ball for a layup or pass it out. And Blake Griffin, especially in the fourth quarter, was very good off offensively in my opinion and we saw that awesome play by Blake Griffin it didn't go for anything because he slid out of bounds but there was a play in overtime where the Raptors like some for some reason the guy who was inbounding it just threw the ball in bounds nobody saw it the Raptors had their back to the ball and here comes Blake Griffin from the other side of the floor he slides for it and almost uh, gets the Nets an extra possession he was out of bounds unfortunately but um, that was a great play by Blake Griffin and I feel like that kind of ignited the crowd a bit and it kind of ignited the Nets as a team because Blake Griffin of course making those extra hustle plays uh, Blake Griffin, shockingly, I don't think uh, took a charge tonight. He's always great at taking charges. I don't think we saw that tonight. We saw Patty Mills try to take one, didn't work. But speaking of Blake Griffin, I need to complain about the NBA for a second with this call. I'm sure you guys know what I'm talking about if you saw this game. This was overtime. The Nets were up three at this point with about a minute 30, two minutes left in overtime once again. So um, Fred Van Vliet's driving to the basket, right? He's right around the foul line, about to make a move to his left, has the ball in his left hand, and he puts an elbow right to Blake Griffin's jaw, and a foul's called on Blake Griffin. Now, Blake Griffin technically did foul him, but the elbow came first, and they literally review the call, right? Steve Nash calls a timeout, challenges it. They put the green light on, all that crap. They go back and review it, and somehow Blake Griffin is still called for the foul. I don't understand that whatsoever. I think it was one of the worst calls I've seen against the Nets this year, because I can understand the call if Blake Griffin made contact first, but literally the elbow from Van Vliet got there first before Blake Griffin's hand. So I'm like, how the hell does that call make sense? So the Nets got screwed with that call, but it didn't matter. They won the game. I mean, 
And I really thought there were so many points in this game where the Nets lost it. I forgot to mention Patty Mills making the biggest shot of the game, basically. The Nets were down three, 10 seconds left in the fourth quarter, and Patty Mills makes this awesome uh, shot from the left wing. He, you know, he fakes it, goes to his left, takes an extra dribble, makes the shot. I mean, Patty Mills was just phenomenal tonight. And I cannot wait to see what this guy can do in the playoffs. Obviously, Joe Harris last year in the playoffs came up short, but Patty Mills is a big-time player, makes clutch plays, and there were so many times he was just running. Like, the guy has so much energy. I can't fathom how much energy a guy like Patty Mills has playing 43 minutes tonight, and in, like, the 42nd minute, he's out there running laps around, like, the entire court with the ball in his hand just to keep just to play keep away from the Raptors defenders. So that guy's conditioning is unbelievable. But anyway... Patty Mills, huge shot tonight, made many huge shots tonight, actually. But there was a time in the late fourth quarter where the Raptors went on a 9-0 run. The Nets were stuck on 117. I remember that number for some reason. The Nets were stuck on 117. The Raptors go on this 9-0 run. They take the lead. Uh, Gary Trent makes this corner three. Really nice shot. And the Nets were down three after that. And the Nets had to get another stop, of course. And then they get the ball back. And then, of course, Patty Mills makes this clutch three-pointer. And I didn't know what to expect, honestly, but it went in and I was very excited. Of course, going to overtime, this game had a lot of like game seven versus the Bucks vibes from last year where Kevin Durant's out there playing a stupid amount of minutes, a lot's on his shoulders. He's putting up a lot of points, having a great game, but you can tell Kevin Durant was starting to run out of gas because just like that Milwaukee series, Game 7, Kevin Durant was like 0 of 5 in overtime. He starts out 0 of 2 in overtime, missing some shots short, and I'm like, oh God, here we go again. But Kevin Durant on the third shot, I believe, gets this nice shooter's bounce from the elbow. It bounced off the front of the rim, off the backboard, goes in, and the Nets cut it to a two-point game after that, and then Durant started making some more shots and making more plays, so he had a little bit left in the tank, but you know, Kevin Durant, just unbelievable. I love the guy. It's crazy how much of a turnaround I did on KD. I hated him with Golden State, but now I love him. Kevin Durant's awesome, so very happy he's a Brooklyn Net. And looking at some of the team stats right now, I mean, the, the Nets and Raptors were pretty close in just about every statistical category. Field goal percentage was close. Three-point percentage was right, you know, right next to each other. Free throw percentage was pretty close. But the one thing that even assists were close, steals, blocks were just within one of each other. Turnovers, the Nets had six more. That's not good, of course, but the Nets were playing with a young roster out there tonight. I get that. But the thing that really changed this game was the rebounding advantage. The Nets out-rebounded Toronto 60-41. to That's what changed the game right there. The second chance points were big for the Nets. They had eight more points in the paint. I mean... You know, the largest lead for each team was 11 and 13. So, like, every statistic was close except for rebounding. And the Nets found a way to out-rebound them very uh, by a lot. And Nick Claxton was a big part of that, as I mentioned. Dayron Sharp, of course, with the offensive rebounds was big for that. Kevin Durant had 13. Uh, David Duke had 13 rebounds. Uh, Kessler Edwards had 10. So, a lot of guys were very active on the boards tonight. And that's kind of what got them to win. The Nets did not win this game because... They were just by far the more talented team. They weren't tonight, honestly. I think Toronto probably had the better roster out there because for us, it was KD, Patty Mills, and just some guys, some young guys. I mean, you can throw Blake Griffin in there too, but still, um, the Nets were very undermanned tonight, and they somehow found a way to get this done. They're now at 20-8 and eight this year, 9-5 and five at home after that, so... I'm just thrilled. I, I'm very excited for that win. I, I know it's like a point, not pointless, but just a regular mid-December game against Toronto at home. Who cares? I get it. But just the way they won the game, the way they continue to fight back and show the grit, show the effort and, and playing for Coach Nash. It was great. I, it was my favorite win of the year. There probably is another one up there that I'm forgetting, but this probably, based on the circumstances, 
has to be my favorite win so far this season. Now, as for the future and who's going to be out for the Nets with COVID, I don't know about that stuff. I mean, this could be close contact sort of things. I don't know how many guys had positive tests. I feel like Paul Millsap may have had a positive test, so he might be out for a longer time, but it's not like Paul Millsap was a big part of this team anyway, so I guess we can deal with that. But I don't know about James Harden. I don't know about Bruce Brown. I don't know about LaMarcus Aldridge. Like, those guys are important, of course, but... Um, to be without them for a little bit, that would hurt. Uh, it's going to be tough to win games like this for the rest of the homestand. The Nets get the Sixers next. They get the Magic. They get the Nuggets. They get the Wizards. So, I mean, there are a couple easy games in there, but playing like the Sixers and the Nuggets, not very easy. So, um, those are games where you can't really be undermanned. So, hopefully by that point, the Nets get most of their guys back. I knew I was forgetting two guys. It was DeAndre Bembry and James Johnson. Those were the two guys I was forgetting on this list. So, yeah. The Nets were without a lot of pretty key guys for this team, honestly. It's not like we're missing any superstars, minus Harden. I get that, of course. But guys like Bembry, guys like James Johnson, um, you know, even Javon Carter, not as much lately. But obviously, LaMarcus Aldridge. Without those guys, this team is not where they are right now. So um, I know they're not, they still have Kevin Durant. That's the biggest part of this team, of course. But to be without them is going to hurt going forward. So I don't know when they'll be back. We'll find out more, of course, about the whole protocol. I don't know how it works. So hopefully by the time the Nets play on Thursday night against the Sixers, they will be back. So we'll find out how that goes. But anyway, as for tonight, I'm going to be happy. Soak in this win for now. We'll get back at it Thursday. And this comes on the same day I recorded a video about Kyrie Irving making a possible return to the Nets. Good vibes right now. Things are feeling good for the Nets. And as long as... uh. Number seven stays healthy. I like our chances going forward. Um, of course, I want Kyrie back at some point, but I hope that's the case. Right now, it looks like things are pointing upwards. We saw Kyrie put on his story, him putting up, uh, putting on his basketball shoes and looking like it might be a cryptic message as to him coming back soon. I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking too much into it. We'll see. I have no idea. But anyway... That'll do it. Still in first place in the East, I think, by two and a half games now. Obviously, with the Bulls and their COVID stuff, they're, they've had a couple games postponed. Um, the Bucks might be without Giannis for next game I saw with COVID. Uh, I think Middleton hurt his knee a couple games ago or last game. So, you know, they might lose some games going forward. I don't know. So, we'll find out what happens going forward here. But the Nets, as long as they get their guys back, for the most part, should be in a good spot. And we'll find out what happens the rest of this homestand. I like to give like a record prediction sometimes and, and kind of be like, I, I'll, I'll be cool with this record type thing. So they have one, two, three, four games coming up. Sixers, Magic, Nuggets, Wizards. I want three and one. Give me three and one in those four games and I'll be satisfied. If they lose to the Nuggets or the Sixers, I can understand it. I get it. Um, of course, you want four and no, but I'll sign up for three and one right now. And that'll get us to 23 and 9. So I will take that if they can do it, but it does depend on who is back or not. Because if the Nets have to play the next three, four games without uh, James Harden, Aldridge, Bembry, James Johnson, all those guys, it's going to be tough. We know that. So there's only so much Kevin Durant can do. We can't put up a triple double in the 50 points every night, as great as he is. No one can do that. So that's unfortunate, but we'll find out when these guys come back. Hope you guys enjoyed this video. Follow, subscribe to the podcast, MTN Nets Podcast, if you enjoyed. Leave a kind review if you will. And I will talk to you guys next time.